Um, okay, hello everybody. Welcome this afternoon to Guru Live Glasgow. Um, Guru Live is an extension of BAFTA's brilliant online resource, um, which you can find on guru.bafta.org. Um, and it shares advice and inspiration from the best creative minds working in film, games and TV. Um, if you are using social media today, the hashtag is GuruLive. Please tweet away. Um, also remember that your ticket gives you access to the closing drinks from 6pm on the 5th floor, so join us for that. Um, I'm Romana Ramzan, I'm going to be hosting the session. Uh, I'll pass over to Liam just now to do the introduction and we'll take things from there. Cool, so uh, thanks a lot for coming along. Uh, my name is Liam Wong, I'm Art Director at Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, and I was trying to think about what I was going to talk about, uh, and I kind of split it uh, half and half. I'm going to talk about video games, and I'm going to talk a bit about photography. Um, all right, so if I think about like, my career, there are three things that honestly helped me throughout all of it. The three points I would make is being proactive, putting yourself out there, and surrounding yourself by people who are better than you, because you're going to learn the fastest. And I'm going the wrong way every time. OK, so uh, I'm from Scotland. Uh, grew up in Edinburgh, spent pretty much all my life there, despite my accent. Um, and when I think about me, I wrote this when I was 10 years old, and it, you probably can't read it from there, but I go like me in the future. I think I'll be a strategy game designer for the PlayStation, PC, Dreamcast, or any new computer. I say I wanted to have a futuristic car. I can't actually drive. I don't have a house. I don't live on the moon. And my favorite game was uh, get Commandos, behind, uh, Commandos Behind Enemy Lines by IDOS. It was a great game. Uh, and so when I was 10 years old, I had this dream to just be working in video games. But by the time I got to 18, like, that dream was just like, crushed. And then the second one is my high school report when I was in high school. And so it said, Liam's a quiet boy who struggled with aspects of the course, uh, basically struggled, and it says weakness and all of this stuff. So from there, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I took a year out after high school, and I did nothing but play World of Warcraft. Uh, and what was great about it is it taught me about leadership and communication and planning and all of this stuff because I would do instances and I would do raids of like 40 people and I would lead them. But in real life, I couldn't even talk to like one person. Um, and so at some point after that year, I was like, you know what, I do want to be an artist. And I, I went to University of Abertay in Dundee. And what was great about that is that I found all the stuff that I was really bad at. Um, I found out I was terrible at 3D animation, rigging, texturing. Uh, but I found out that I was good at graphic design. And it, I didn't actually know I really wanted to work in video games again until I made my first game. And so this was like my third year, and it was for Dare to be Digital, which is the games competition you might have heard of. And it was nominated for two BAFTAs and a bunch of other stuff. What was cool about it is it was this opportunity for me to kind of think about where I wanted to go with my career, and I started to just branch out and learn all of the skills that could make graphic design more interesting. And so after graduating, I went to Crytek, and I worked as a 2D artist, and I became a lead within the first year. And that kind of brought me to Ubisoft. So it was like two years after graduating, I went to Ubisoft, uh, and it was my second job. I never worked like a paper round. I never <clears throat> worked in H&M or something like that, and I missed out on all of that kind of the social skills, and suddenly I'm a director. Uh, and so Ubisoft Montreal and is known for Far Cry, For Honor, Rainbow Six, Assassin's Creed, stuff like that. And when I first joined, uh, my position was graphic design director. <clears throat> and the first game I worked on was Far Cry 4. So my job, I had like two weeks uh, to set the style of the game. 
uh, trying to think about the color palettes, the typography, the, the way the music and the visuals would work together for things like trailers and how the characters and stuff could stand out. And so like working on that was like my first time as director and below me were like 50 artists. Uh, so trying to direct them and trying to manage them was like a steep learning curve, absolutely under pressure, but a great way to kind of be in the deep end and try and succeed. And so uh, working in like Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator and Flash and After Effects, uh, I would do all of this work that would ultimately lead into the visual signature of the game. Uh, and I, the last game I worked on was Far Cry 5. Uh, whilst I've been at Ubisoft, I worked on a bunch of other stuff, but it's like unannounced and whatnot. So that was kind of like my group, like my kind of route into the industry. Um, going from like being in my bedroom, playing games, not really doing much of my life, uh, to then working at Ubisoft. Uh, so at that point, like, I think my second part is more photography. Because being such a small crowd, I was like, it'd be cool to have more kind of audience feedback and be less about like giving some big keynote presentation. Mm -hmm. So we can open up to some questions just now, and then Liam can talk about his mm -hmm. um, photography. Hi there, hi Liam. Hello. Thanks very much for taking this opportunity to speak with us today. And uh, what I was just hoping to ask is, I know you just talked about how you just sort of came in at the job at Ubisoft, but mm -hmm. I guess my my question is, how did Ubisoft come to find you, or did you go to them? Did you apply for them, or did they pick up on the work that you had done and uh, take it from there? And is that how you ended up in the role at Ubisoft that okay. you, you held so, down? That's a good question. So, like, did they find me, or did I go find them? Uh, when I think about the stuff that I do best, it's actually not my art. It's my ability to get my work seen. Um, <clears throat> and that's kind of, in my photography, I cover that pretty much exactly. So when I think back, when I was at university, when I graduated, I spent months working on my portfolio, and I would actually go on LinkedIn, and I'd reach out to art directors and lead artists and get some feedback on my work. And I was really proactive about that, and I would take part in like different events, whether it was like the Game Jam, or going to like, I don't know, they had, it was like Scottish uh, game dev stuff, meetups and stuff like that. What I got really good at was just putting my work out there. So what's interesting is like, as a person, I'm like super confident. I'm not some big outgoing person, it's just not me. Uh, but I knew that, <clears throat> I understood, I understood art enough, but I wanted to level up the other stuff. All right, so let's say you're, you're an artist, and you have a body of work, and you're just sat on it, and you're not really showing it to anybody. Uh, one of the points I make in my other part is the fact that I put as much time into my artwork as getting it seen, like the marketing side. So when it's specific to Ubisoft, <clears throat> I sent my work to um, a bunch of different companies, and I just went on LinkedIn uh, mostly. I kind of avoided the recruiters, and I went straight to the artists. Um, so Ubisoft, I'd sent them my portfolio and I sent it to a bunch of other companies. And it was a folio that I took months like working on polishing and trying to find like niche areas that people were not really seeing. <clears throat> For me personally, I looked at a lot of film stuff and tried to see what they were doing. And then I built a portfolio that was all about that and showed it to them. So when I finally reached to Ubisoft, um, I think they were just hiring for like just regular artists. And I saw a position that was like art director that you needed like 12 years experience, which is ridiculous. Uh, but at some point I got on the call with them and I was able to like convince them. And one thing I did well is anytime I had an interview, I would just turn up with this whole other body of work that was made just for them. So like just really trying to push it out there and be proactive and show that I was passionate enough. So you went to these people with this body of work. Mm -hmm. um, Graphic design, 
That's a good question. <clears throat> if I think about, let's say it was 2010, had my portfolio. Back then, most graphic designers were all like user interface artists. Uh, and I had a body that was user interface related, but I kind of branched off and I thought about like in-game brands and stuff like this. Stuff that like no one was really looking at at the time, but I took inspiration from like Chappie, you know, the District 9 and stuff like that, like looking to film and seeing what they were doing. Um, so then any place I applied to, like had some little pieces that I knew they would be interested in, but then I was like, here's all this other random stuff that you would never expect, I guess. So my portfolio at the time was actually a mix of like 3D, 2D, motion graphics, um, concept art. I would take characters and do different silhouettes, different color variations of clothing and stuff, but ultimately be a graphic designer. So yeah, my whole portfolio was just kind of like, it was like a scattershot. shot. It was basically everything. And it was just this endless website of just content and content but showing that I could use the programs, but also showing that I understood style as well. Um, and is this all stuff that you specifically uh, made for your portfolio, or was it like for other projects or for your work at Crytek or anything? So actually, so, right, yeah. So when I was at Crytek, I, I worked on Crisis 3, kind of like, I just volunteered to work on it. I was working on something else at the time. And when I worked on it, I said, if you let me hire some people, <clears throat> I could do all of this work to bring up the quality of the 2D stuff. At the time, Crytek is known for like their high-end 3D environments, and they built uh, New York, and all of the graphic design in the game was like half-assed at the time. Um, so I was like, hey, let's do all of this stuff. And it was kind of a knock-on effect, because when I made a game, I remember I interviewed at Rockstar after, and this was like my first time meeting a company, and it really changed my perspective. If you think about GTA and you think about the amount of effort they put into branding, I ended up just putting all of my effort into being a person that would do that stuff. Who's your biggest um, style inspiration, or where do you take inspiration from in your in your work? That's cool. Uh, sorry. So where do I take inspiration? Like for me, all the time. One of the biggest things for me has been like traveling. Uh, when I was in when I lived in the UK, the, the most exotic place I went was Norwich to go and do a, <laughs> a presentation there about games. And I, I was like, Norwich was cool, but uh, I don't know. I'd never traveled. I'd never actually seen Europe. And it wasn't until I went to Canada and I went to Ubisoft get to go on field trips, or go to conferences, events, and see the world. And like just being around and seeing stuff in real life was like, from actually like, living in my bedroom, like no joke, like just existing there to suddenly able to walk around was uh, most inspiring. And I think about artists and stuff. Um, there's one guy called Larry Greer, and he works at Weta Digital. Mm -hmm. So he was the one that did like District 9, Chappie, invented this whole language for Avatar. Mm -hmm. Um, just really cool stuff, and he actually used to work at Sega as a web designer. Now he does concept art on like Ghost in the Shell and uh, movies like that, Blade Runner as well. Mm -hmm. So it was just really inspiring to see somebody that had had the same kind of background as me, but then was like transitioning into film, mm -hmm. like while still just doing cool graphic design, but then a bit of concept art and a bit of art direction. Okay, and. I guess this might be relevant for some of you, but what would your advice be to somebody who's looking for that first job in the games industry? Because often, um, like you said, when you applied, you know, especially for some, somebody like an art director, mm -hmm. they're looking for 12 years experience or a certain amount of games under your belt. But for someone who's trying to catch the eye of the bigger companies, what are the key things that you would look for or hope that they would have? 
Okay. So to me, the main part is understanding where your work is. And I think if you can't be, uh, if you can't look at your work and understand where you need to improve it, you're never going to get over that part. Mm -hmm. The second part was finding the time to be able to dedicate working on it like a portfolio. Mm -hmm. I think when you graduate, you feel like you're never going to go anywhere, mm -hmm. and you feel ashamed to take a job at like Subway. Because it, and it, a lot of people in that last three months after felt like after graduating, they just give up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like realizing that, you know what, sure, I'm going to do this part-time job and you know, mm -hmm. work in a bar, but I'm going to work on my portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I'd be very committed to shipping it and completing it. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it's like being able to understand where your work stands, where the industry is, mm -hmm. and trying to bring it up to the same level, level of expectation. Okay. So one of the things I mentioned there was like, you know, we spend so much time on our artwork whether you're a musician or writing, art, like graphic design, illustration, concept art. And one thing that has set me or pushed me ahead is the fact that I've put the same amount of effort into making sure people see it. <clears throat> and so that was kind of the case with my photography. So as I said, like the most exotic place I'd been was Norwich. And the first time I went to London was actually, I was 20 something. Um, I started to just travel a lot and use my iPhone and go on Instagram. And so I just get really interested in compositions and like, I don't know, just looking around the city, trying to find just clean shapes. So as a graphic designer, it was helping me get better at layout or get better at composition. Um, and it wasn't like, if I think about my artwork, I don't really, there was a time when I just never shared my work online. And it was really the photography stuff that pulled me out of that. And it was when I took this one picture and I had a Facebook. Uh, I didn't have that many friends. I think you were probably on my Facebook at the time. Probably had like 300 friends or something like that. But I posted this one image and people were like, wow, that's a cool shot. And I was like, okay, cool. Like people liked it and then it encouraged me to kind of get out of my comfort zone, be a bit more confident in my work. Um, so there's this taxi driver in the red light district in Tokyo. And I bought a DSLR two years ago. And the first time I went was just vacation. So I took this shot. And after that, I started to go out like each night and just take more and more pictures. Uh, it wasn't until, like when I took that shot, I started to think, about my day job and what I actually do is direct style guides. I gather all the stuff I'm inspired by and I try and channel that into an image, uh, ultimately so people care about it or like it. It's a product at the end of the day, so the stuff I was inspired by was Ghost in the Shell, uh, Akira, Blade Runner, and Enter the Void. And I started to kind of blend the stuff I was doing in my day job into my photography. And so you have this kind of overlap in terms of like color, style guide, uh, like trying to find consistency and stuff like this but then I was posting it on my Instagram that I just made. Uh, one of the things that helped me the most was actually to build a press release. So I was doing like one-on-ones earlier and I was talking to people from film. Uh, as artists, you have all of this work that you've created. Uh, you might be photography, blah, blah, blah. But one thing that helped me was I, I made a press release. I gathered a series of images. I wrote a bio about myself, a little one-word description, included, included some links, and I sent it out online. Um, and it went on all of these websites. So at the time, I had a camera for a month, I think, uh, which is kind of surreal. And now like, my stuff is like, blown up to the point where people don't even know I'm a game developer, and they think I'm a photographer. Um, so I started to just post a series of images online and keep going. Um, just have some examples. I mean, people might have seen it, but I'm focusing on composition. I'm thinking about lighting, and I started to learn more about the technical side of like how can I improve my photography. 
so I have so many images in Tokyo. I've traveled to like so many cities, but I didn't post together sets yet. I'm just kind of smart about uh, my marketing, I guess. On the technical side, when I took pictures like two years back, they're kind of blurry and they're kind of out of focus. And I didn't understand the camera enough, so then I started to think about how I can improve on the technical side. Starting to learn about you know, compositions, but also like the level of quality in the image itself. Um, through that, I started to get musicians, film directors, other artists like reach out and follow my work online. I went to LA and I took this picture of a Japanese band. Um, I posted this picture, it was kind of inspired by uh, Blade Runner. At some point, like, I'd done all this photography stuff and I wanted to level up further, so I, I reached out to a bunch of people that either followed me or that I liked the work of, and I took their pictures. Um, so again, just being proactive in terms of putting myself out there, I would just message people's Facebook uh, pages, musicians and stuff. This one was bizarre because this guy, he works on video game soundtracks. Uh, he's a French DJ, and I just messaged him because I loved his stuff, and then suddenly I'm on stage and he has this Porter Robinson. I'm on the stage like behind them all, and I'm just like, this is surreal as, uh, as it gets. Because on Monday I was back at work, just like sat there making video games. Uh, this is Tsubasa, she's a, a well-known model uh, in Japan. Uh, on the left is a filmmaker, so at some point this guy followed me on the left. I didn't know at the time, I knew his work in film, he actually turned out to be the cinematic director for Metal Gear Solid 1 to 3. Um, I got to hang out with him in Tokyo, in LA. In the middle is a Shima Shirai, she's a climber. Her picture's actually outside the North Face uh, shop in Glasgow, which I find surreal because I hang out with her when I'm in Japan, in New York. Um, the actress on the right is actually from Battlefield 4. So suddenly I, like, I'm meeting people who have this background in games because it's stuff I'm channeling in my photography. At one point I did a fashion shoot in Japan, ended up on these walls, there was like the, there's Bape, which is a big clothing brand with like Pharrell Williams. This guy also was also at this exhibit, he saw my stuff and I kind of just riff off of that. Uh, the most interesting one I guess was uh, meeting Kojima and being able to take his picture. So Metal Gear Solid director, again just being proactive and like just being like, if I send a message to somebody they might not reply or if they do, it's gonna work in my favor. And that, that can be like me sending an email about a press release, me applying for a job, but just getting over that uh, level of confidence and being like, you know, people put too much thought into things. If we all just was like, cared less about it, because at the end of the day, I could just send an email. If they don't reply, then who cares? But if they do reply, it's, it's an opportunity that did not exist before that. And that's especially the case with this one. So suddenly I'm in Japan, I'm in Kojima's office, just me and him, uh, his translator. And at this point I'm like, this is like, uh, this is surreal. Uh, and I send, I go, and do this, I go and do this shoot and I'm just walking around Tokyo. I didn't think he was gonna turn up, I thought he was just gonna, I thought it, it wasn't a real thing. Um, and then I think it was after, the day after, and I take a picture and I say like sneak peek on Twitter. And he gives me a little thumbs up, and I was like, damn, okay, cool, I'll post the picture. So I did this image inspired by video games. Um, this is Snatcher, which I think was his first video game, and it's like cyberpunk stuff, which is stuff I was already channeling in my photography. The weird thing is he'd already seen my pictures because I put out the press release. Um, and this is one of the pictures I took, which is him and Ryuhei, who's a, he does like horror films, uh, did like Midnight Meat Train, um, versus a lot of things like that. But he just happened to be good friends with Kojima. Um, 
so again, these are just opportunities which just didn't exist, but it was me just keeping an eye on stuff like that and being able to somehow thread them together. Uh, and so like, this one I find funny, I used it in a talk one time because I was talking about going out of your comfort zone. And so for me, like, you see someone like him and you see interviews, it's very like, I don't know, he's just very, uh, you know, you have to be like professional and stuff. I have this picture of him, it was just me and him in this, his new studio. And he was just literally like dancing, going through all these different moves and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's take his picture. Uh, and so yeah, that's kind of the bit of my photography. The point being like, for me, when I think about art direction, I think about I don't know, opportunities. I would just do it. I would try and find as many opportunities as I could. And you know, I'd, like I'd come through to Glasgow. Anytime I came to Glasgow was for some game event. It was, uh, and when I was in Dundee, I would reach out to local companies. They'd be like, hey, uh, you know, I've, I'm a graphic designer. Can I work in your game? Uh, that's actually how I got the Forbes thing as well. Um, I just. One of my friends, I was like, hey, I saw this. Could you mind like sending an application? They sent it in, and I get on the list, which is, again, zero effort for me. Um, same for the Canon stuff. I just emailed Canon. I was like, I've got this body of work. Would you be able to hook me up with some gear? And they gave me like a camera and a video camera and all this other stuff that literally not. It's a weird one because like face to face, one on one, I don't like do that stuff like usually. So I just use emails to my advantage. And it's one of those things like, people overlook, but like the most powerful thing you have is just your phone in your hand where you can just contact anybody, get them to help you, get them to give you advice. <clears throat> or like, I don't know, work with them somehow. Um, I find that really fascinating. So I mean, I've been following obviously some of, um, actually quite a lot of your photography, and I think the thing that I always wondered was how do you find the time to juggle your nine to five, if you will, mm -hmm. with your photography? Because that's really, I mean, exploded, hasn't it? And you've got a huge following now, and like you said, you're known for your photography in some respects more than your background in games, so how do you find it? Yeah, so it was like, it was uh, really overwhelming at first, actually. Like, if I think about, <clears throat> I would just be at work, and then suddenly all my stuff's going on on these websites, and like, on my lunch break, just like, what is going on? Um, like, for me, over time, <clears throat> lucky I, I work with a lot of people who've been in like similar situations, they're like well-known art directors. And I basically asked them like, how do you manage like having a wife, two kids, doing online workshops, doing your personal art, mm -hmm. uh, going to events and stuff, speaking at them? And there was one guy in particular and he told me, basically he would spend three days doing, not, doing, doing, doing like zero art, mm -hmm. spend time with his family and do all of this. And he'd take two days to just focus purely on the other stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that ability to like compartmentalize the stuff mm -hmm. over time is what I got good at. So if I think about photography, I, I do it when I go on vacation or I do it on weekends. I practice during lunch. <clears throat> All the other stuff I focus on my day job. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of, it took a while to get, mm -hmm. get good at because mm -hmm. otherwise I was like really overwhelmed by the amount of work there. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one thing, when my work went viral, my hard drive actually corrupted and had like 70 gigabytes of photos just like gone. Um, and so it was like one of these things of like, well now I'm like screwed. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I managed to recover it and it was like overwhelming because I'm like, I want to also post new stuff mm -hmm. and keep it rolling. Mm -hmm. But then I was also like trying to ship something for E3, which is like the big event. And so I'm managing all of this stuff at the same time, my mm -hmm. head's about to explode. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so over time, like 
was able to just kind of figure out what worked best for me. And do you find that your work are quite supportive of um, you pursuing these other interests of yours? Yeah, well, absolutely, because I, I feel like, you know, it's not, I'm not working on other video games mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Everyone has hobbies that they mm -hmm. do, whether it's like, I have a lot of friends who are musicians who also work in video games. They dedicate a lot of time to practice and stuff. So it's not like too different. Mm -hmm. And I try and just like match up my photography to when I travel. So if I go to LA, I was in San Francisco, so then I, I message people, say, hey, do you want to mm -hmm. hang out, take pictures? Or, mm -hmm. So just, like, they've been like really good about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, does anyone have any questions at this point that they'd ask, like to ask you? Um, so just like you, I'm also like interested in many different fields, like 3D mm -hmm. art, graphic design, filmmaking, and but I often, often hear the advice that I should focus on just like one thing. So I was just wondering, how do you make sure that your portfolio kind of looks cohesive, like it looks like you know what you're doing, even though like mm -hmm. you're doing things in different fields? Uh, I think, I remember it was like Valve, and they had this thing where they describe it as T-shaped T employees, mm. where you have like, you have one area of interest, but you learn other stuff around it, so that it makes that one stronger. And that's kind of like why I picked up photography, is I, I just wanted to learn more about graphic design. I just wanted to learn about just capturing stuff. And what was great about it is I didn't have to really create anything from scratch versus it could be something as simple as character sketches or it could be a logo and I had to use my brain like and do lots of different iterations with a camera I could just pick it up and just be like this or rotate it, get closer, get further away. Uh, so for me it was like graphic design is what I specialize in, like absolutely. Um, I learned 3D, I, I know ZBrush, I know 3ds Max and things like this, but ultimately it feeds back into the one thing that I enjoy most. So it's always like, I think it's important to have focus and it's important to realize the thing that you're good at and the stuff that you're bad at. Like I am bad at 3D, but I learn it so that I can just elevate my 2D stuff just a bit further. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I was just gonna ask, uh, it seems like if I picked it up correctly that you gained sort of photography stuff a mm -hmm. little bit later down the line than with the original sort of game design work. Is it just a little bit of a sort of a personal question? Is that do you have a sort of preference now at the end of it as to which work you mm -hmm. now prefer doing? Do you see the artwork you've done for Ubisoft now as just work? Or and you prefer to see the sort of personal photography work mm -hmm. you've done and you've got on your social media as something more personal to you and something you're a lot more attached to than just the work you've done for games, essentially? Okay. So that's a good question. Uh, I don't know, like for me. I think over the last year especially, the amount of people that ask me like, why don't you just do this full time? And I'm like, for me, what I, when I think back, I actually used to be a programmer. Uh, I was just so bad at it that I was like, I can't do programming. Uh, that moved me into more like web design and I was like, I suck at this as well. That moved me to graphic design and I was like, hey, I love making posters and stuff, that's cool. But then I, I was like, a poster exists on a wall and it goes away and it's gone and no one ever sees it ever again. What I love about video games is just that I was able to make something and people are interacting with it. And at Ubisoft, it's like millions of people. Um, even though my stuff is on screen for like a millisecond or whatever, people are seeing it and more people than what would see if I made a, a poster for a gig. So for me, like what I love about video games is just, it's that like, even photography, I take a picture, it's a moment, I capture it, that's cool, but it's a moment and it's gone. A video game, like I load it up, I play games all the time. And so it's like, you realize how much you can like, impact people's lives. So if I think back to when I was a kid and I played video games, it was often because I just, I wanted to just get away from studying or get away from 
stuff that I was annoyed at or stuff like that. And with my photography, it's kind of just a creative outlet where I'm like, I don't know, I just see something or I feel something, I'm like, I'm going to go out and take pictures or I'm going to go, I don't know, capture stuff. But they're kind of like two different feelings, if that kind of answers it. <laughs> yeah, I still love video games like a lot. When I go into work, it's not like, it's not just work. Like I realize, I don't know, the positive effects it can have when it goes out there and people get behind it. You know. Yep. Sure. Um, so I, uh, I really like this idea of reaching out to people. It's mm -hmm. something that I'd love to be able to do more often and feel confident doing. Um, I was wondering if that's something that you've always done or if it's something that you feel a lot more confident doing now that you have mm -hmm. a body of shit hot work that people are excited about seeing. You know, is it something that you were doing when maybe your work wasn't so you know, established and well yeah. known and were you getting rejected and how did you deal with that rejection, okay. you know? Okay, that's a good one. Uh, all right, so when I think back, honestly it was when I made the game for Dare to be Digital. Because when I made that, you just had to make a, a 10 minute prototype um, and that was it. And I had, you had to make sure that it didn't crash. That was kind of the brief. And you go there and people play it, all ages, different backgrounds. Uh, what I got really into was just, uh, you know, at some point I made a website, I did a logo, I do merchandise, do, uh, had this out-of-game stuff and in-game stuff. Um, but it was actually, I remember when, you know, back then I was, I was just a student, I had like a six-page CV of nothingness, uh, there was just jumbled words uh, to be like, hey, I, I do a lot of stuff, but really I wasn't really doing anything. Uh, but when I made that game, at one point I was like, it would be cool if we, because iPads and stuff, I guess, were all the rage at the time, making iPad games, we were making a lot of money. But I was like, it would be cool if we had like a HD iPad. So I emailed Wacom, and I was like, hey, I'm making a game for this competition. Here's the links. Uh, could I have five Cintiqs? And then they reply like, yeah, sure. And they sent five out. And one of the other teams had like, I think they, they, they made touchscreen like monitors. And then we turned up, we had Cintiqs that I just sent an email, and it was honestly from that moment, I was like, like, holy crap, that actually worked. And I stopped caring about, you know, like reaching out to companies, reaching out to art directors. But the one piece of advice I would give, because I remember <clears throat> I sent one application off, and I gave them like my life story in an email. And it was like the most cringe thing ever. Uh, from that point on, I just, I keep my emails brief. And I say like, hey, I'm Liam, I do this, I'm working on this. I always end with a question, because people are more likely to reply. It's little tricks like that where you're like, not tricks, hacks. Like, uh, but you know, I'd be like, hey, uh, art director at blah, 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 I'm working on my portfolio. I'd love if I could ask you some questions, question mark. And they'll see it, they'll be like, yeah, sure. And they send me a reply. But I'd message like five art directors and three out of five would reply. One, one of them might reply like weeks later. Um, but yeah, I just kind of got over that kind of burden, I guess, of, Mentally, you're like, why would I do that? My work sucks. No one's going to look at it. They're not going to like it. They're not going to click the link. My website's crap. Uh, all of this stuff. And I just don't care. I just like send. Because I'm just putting it out there. And then if it comes back, I'm a bit further ahead than I was yesterday. Um, so it's that kind of mentality. Because like I said, at the end of the day, you have a body of work. Today, you could send an email to somebody and get something that's going to help you move it forward. A lot of people struggle to finish a project, so then they're going to be like, well, I'll finish my portfolio. And it's like six months later. 
and they go, oh, it's finished. And then someone says to them, like, are you really going to put that in your portfolio? And then they go, okay, take another six months. And no one's seen it at this point. You know, have like a full 3D environment with like animations or, I don't know. So for me, like, just get stuff out there. And honestly, the benefits are like ridiculous. I still reply to pretty much every email I get. I feel this kind of pressure, like, especially with the photography is, is weird because I'll get people that are saying like, hey, I'm gonna do a presentation on you at my school. And I'm like, I'm not even a photographer really. <laughs> so I don't think you should do that. But I'll reply anyway, or I'll get like emails from like, I have this, I got sent all of these uh, handwritten letters from kids in Mexico uh, and they're writing about my photography. One of them made me like laugh my ass off because it was this little girl. And she basically said like, I'm gonna take better pictures than you. <laughs> like, and I was like, awesome, like, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's just little things like that where I'm like, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know. I think it was one thing actually, I went, I went to the Forbes event <clears throat> and everyone there was doing like insane stuff. They'd be like, oh, I'm working on, what was it? I, I'm working on drone technology that can detect the pH values of water so that it can improve the level of blah, blah, blah in like third world countries. And they'd be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I make video games and I take pictures. <laughs> and from that point, I'm more like, you know, it's important to give back. It's important to, uh, to be able to help people. And it's something like I genuinely believe in just giving career advice. Like, you know, I went to Abertay, the amount of people are like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Abertay. And then suddenly I meet them at like GDC like six years later. And they're like, hey, you, you replied to my thing one time. And I'd be like, I don't really remember, but cool. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it, it pays off. Like it's just a nice thing to do. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask was one of the slides that you had mm -hmm. right at the start, which was about, it was your aspirations for what you wanted to be when you grew up, yeah. and what one of your, I think it was a high school teacher, yeah. wrote is, uh, how did you sort of, I guess, bridge that gap from, um, you know, what they said about you being really quiet and so mm -hmm. on, to then keynoting at GDC, which is, you know, <coughs> immense amount of pressure. Um, because it's a leading industry event, and of course being a keynote presenter mm -hmm. is um, a lot of pressure. So how did you sort of, I guess, in the online world, you've got the tools like emailing and so on, mm -hmm. reaching out, but how did you find tools around you to help you sort of get there? Yeah. So if I think back to when I, was, when I was in school, like anytime someone would be behind me and I was drawing, I would just freeze up and I just couldn't draw. I'd hide it or I'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, don't look at it. It's, I've only been working on it for like 10 minutes or, it's not quite there yet, or this sucks, so just hide it. Got to, to high school, I would just like hide the monitor, turn the monitor off, load up a different tab, and then got to university, and I would just like close my laptop if someone was nearby. And yeah, it was like two years after that, I'm like at Ubisoft, and I can't be doing that crap. Like, uh, <laughs> as an art director, uh, you know, you need to you know, drive people. So for me, honestly, I just kept putting myself in the deep end in terms of mm -hmm. like, just being totally out of mm -hmm. my comfort zone. Um, and it's partially why I just do talks all the time mm -hmm. at university. I, I would suck at presenting my work. Like I was just really bad at it. So I'd lean on the stuff that I was good at, which is graphic design, maybe the layout of a presentation, the flow of it, mm -hmm. uh, the kind of even the typography that I would use, or I don't know, stuff like this, where I could be at least confident in that. Mm -hmm. Even if when I was presenting, it was just like gibberish and people were like, what is he saying? This makes no sense. Um, so it was just like, you know, I think I've, I did three GDC talks now mm -hmm. in a row. And it was like, it's exhausting because there's like 800 people in the, that audience 
and you're trying to make a talk that would be relevant to that many people, and it, it's difficult, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whilst also struggling with the confidence, whilst also thinking all the stuff I'm showing is not worth their time, mm -hmm. and all the people in the audience are art directors anyway. So you're <laughs> like, well, this is, this is crap, but... Uh -huh. So yeah, pushing. I just kind of keep doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned a lot also about that you love playing video games. I guess, what are your, some of your favorite games or games that have had a lasting impact on you to date? Okay, yeah, I mean, the top one is like World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. just because I spent so much time on it, and it taught me a lot, because I think, I think if anyone thinks of their favorite video game, they'll think about how it made them feel better, or how it taught them mm -hmm. a skill, or how it made them, it inspired them to create some artwork. Or, and so for me, it was uh, definitely World of Warcraft. I played a lot of Counter-Strike. I played Far Cry when I was like, it's a weird one, because I, I played Crisis 1, the first one, I was like really into it. That's kind of what got me to Crytek. And obviously Crytek, they worked on Far Cry, so I used that um, to my advantage when I applied to Ubisoft. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I know this game inside out, mm -hmm. and I've worked on this, so let me work on that, mm -hmm. and I will do what I can to make it better. Okay. Um, speaking of Ubisoft, what's like, what does a typical day look like <coughs> for you, and also sort of, I guess, how many people are in your team that you're managing and responsible okay. for? So right now, like, I work on a lot of different projects. Mm -hmm. When I first joined, I was kind of stuck. Stuck as if it's a negative thing. But I was dedicated on one project. Mm -hmm. And so over time, I think it's not, I've been there like five years now, so I haven't been fired yet. So it's, it's going OK. Uh, but it's more like when I think about a project, for me, I would get, I like the feeling of completing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I like smaller things. Mm -hmm. If I had it my way, I would just work on like small projects and turn them around quicker. Mm -hmm. Especially being a graphic designer, where that's what most agencies would do. And they work in lots of different styles. Mm -hmm. So what I do right now is I do that. When I first started, it was like one thing. We were working on it for like two years. And then it goes out. So mm -hmm. for me, it was um, when I first joined, I had like, like I said, it was like 50 artists, even some programmers that I've worked with. Right now, I'm kind of in a core team of uh, directors. Mm -hmm. so depending on which project it is, I'm like one of five or six directors in a team of like a thousand or so. Okay. And so it's like day to day, I'll come into work. Um, let's say there was a new project, I would you know, gather mood boards, stuff that would ultimately be a presentation that I would pitch, mm -hmm. um, pitch visuals for. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna come back to the audience. Anyone have any questions for anyone? Just going off that, mm -hmm. um, when you were doing 2D work at Crytek, uh, could you elaborate on what kind of work you were doing there, or were you doing a lot of different uh, projects? So when I was at Crytek, when I first started, um, if I think about all the job offers I had when I was at university, a lot of it was swayed towards user interface stuff, which I was like, it's okay. It's not really my cup of tea. What I prefer is visual design. And that's really being able to just concept stuff that ultimately would make the art in the game better. So at Crytek, I would just pitch ideas for stuff where no one was really thinking about it, but I would have fun doing it. So as a graphic designer, I was doing a lot of like iconography and stuff, but then I was like, actually, I could do a full style guide, and I could break down what the game is, all the inspirations, how it comes together, why the typography would be a certain way, how I would uh, block out like a trailer for the game, uh, how I would brand weapons, just make up fake uh, company names, do all the different branding logos and from different countries, and just have this huge illustrator file of like decals and all of this stuff. 
and then 3D artists would be like, cool, because they don't have to do, you know, a version of themselves where it's not as good, and I was giving them like high quality assets. And then I would do stuff like, I don't know, posters in game, posters outside of the game, key art mock-ups, um, you know, like box art stuff. I would just try and do as many things as I could that would ultimately put me in a position where I could lead a style for a game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, stuff like iconography, posters, box art, uh, editing trailers together, stuff like this. Can I also ask, uh, with graphic design, do you find that it's more common now for studios to have a graphic design specific uh, role in the industry? Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, if you think back in the last few years, I think one of the things that's just more common in general is just visual design. You know, if I think of the, let's say, the leading AAA companies, I think every one of them has someone that's in a similar position as, let's say, me. At Rockstar, they have like a 2D art director. At Riot Games, they have the same thing. Uh, a lot of companies invest in graphic designers now, anyway. Like, um, yeah, like Naughty Dog, uh, Activision, like just everyone thinks about it more seriously. What, what was great for me is that no one was really thinking about it when I graduated, and now it's a lot bigger, but it's one of those careers where if you honestly specialize in graphic design, you have so many opportunities, and most artists have the knowledge and the skills. And it was when I was at university, um, there was a woman that came in called Amrita, and she came in and did a talk about, she worked on the Harry Potter games, uh, and she'd had, like, she was talking to, oh, I use Photoshop, I use Illustrator. And I was like, cool, I know those programs, like, I could do that. And it was kind of what shifted me, like, to then work and make a game for Dare. Because before that, I was like, I love video games, but I never thought about making a career. So I was like, at some point, connected the dots. And then I thought, how can I do more of the stuff I care about? Thanks a lot. What's been one of the most challenging projects you've worked on to date? Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's always like the last project I work on. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, you know, you're trying to do stuff different or you're trying to improve on it. Uh, for me, I guess the last game I worked on was Far Cry 5, which is like, it's, it's done really well. Mm -hmm. um, it was challenging in the sense that, I don't know, I got asked to help on it <clears throat> in maybe the second half of the project. So it was more like trying to come up to speed with a project that's been in development for like two years and then trying to bring something to it, mm -hmm. which is difficult. <clears throat> Especially when you're trying to redo stuff, you're trying to you know take it to another level. Mm -hmm. um, what was challenging for me was just trying to get up to speed. Mm -hmm. Like you have all of these directors that have worked on it for forever, and you're trying to bring something different to it. Okay. Um, do you ever find when you go into a game shop and you see a title that you worked on, you get all kind of giddy inside and think that's cool? That you know, I I, I did that. Yeah, yeah, I still do. Yeah. I was uh, I was walking around just before lunch, I guess, um, and there's like. It wasn't even a real game shop. It was like a, a trade-in shop mm -hmm. just nearby. Mm -hmm. And I was walked in, they had just all these Far Cry 5 boxes, and I was like, that's cool. But, and I remember one time I was in Japan and seeing the box art in Japanese and stuff, and I was like, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Um, because you realize like how many people it takes to work on a game like that big, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's just cool when you just see it in a little box. Mm -hmm. You know how much effort everyone on the team put into it, mm -hmm. and it just sat there on a shelf. Yeah. So sometimes I go in and I just like put them all in front of the other games. I did it one time in Japan. I was just like, yeah, just hide Final Fantasy or something. Uh -huh. and, and how do you find, like, obviously, because working on these projects, 
and especially when it comes to shipping them, mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of stress. How do you actually like unwind? What are the things that, that you find really mm -hmm. useful for sort of, you know, one, th one thing stressing? I yeah, one thing I do more these days is I just disconnect from social media and I just don't mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. And even when I use social media, I just use it to share my artwork. I don't really share my thoughts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, I just play a lot of video games, which is kind of funny because it's kind of like work, but yeah. I end up just going around the levels and I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Or, but yeah, I just kind of, I enjoy just forgetting about stuff mm -hmm. sometimes and just try to mm -hmm. unwind by playing a game, watching a film. And do you find that when you play video games, you see it more from an analytical point of view because you've got your work hat on? Yeah. Or do you find that you can still separate the two and play games for sheer enjoyment? It's, yeah, I, I'm too analytical when I play a game. <laughs> Because I might, I might know someone that worked on it, and then I'm thinking, oh, I'll check out what they did. Or mm -hmm. See, I was playing like a game recently called Florence, and I knew the art director, and I met him randomly at GDC, and he was the art director on Monument Valley. So then I'm mm -hmm. playing his game. I was like, wow, this is a cool game. Mm -hmm. I was just sat playing on the plane, and then the whole time I'm just thinking about, oh, he would have done this, or like, she would have done this, and I'm like, mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of just enjoying it, the way it is. In yep. um, your career, what have you found has been the most sort of, I guess, useful event? That you've attended, or what would you advise somebody if they're looking to? Because often you hear a lot of you know, should try and network and meet people and so on. Um, what's the one thing that you would say to people if they're you know, this is the thing to go to, or this is the thing that you want to be at? It's been the most useful in your career. Uh, I think the most useful thing, if, if I was speaking to students or people who wanted to get mm -hmm. into the industry, is definitely GDC, the Game Developer Conference, because it's just so big that you just meet people, you make new friends, and but like being in the industry and going to that, it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. I wish that stuff existed in Scotland. Yeah. We used to have like, was it Game in Scotland or something like that? Yeah. I'd go to that, but it was like a different kind of scale. Mm -hmm. um, when I go to GDC, I always come back just feeling inspired, um, motivated to, because I'll, you know, you'll see developers talk about their game, mm -hmm. it's like a post-mortem, or it's an art talk, or it's a, I don't know, some kind of personal talk, mm -hmm. and I'm just like pumped to go and just make stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like absolutely GDC. Do you think any artists here um, should change their portfolios for different studios that they're applying to? Should it be a different portfolio for different studios or do you just go with the one? The one thing that I, like I always did was to create a body of work. As soon as I got the interview, I would just go to my computer and start jamming on something and take it just for, just for them. So let's say, I, let's say I interviewed at Ubisoft. <coughs> they go, yeah, let's do a call. I'll do the call, but the week before I'll be like, I'm gonna make this body of work that they haven't seen. And during the call, I'm gonna say, oh, by the way, I have this stuff and you wanna see it. And every time I did it, it just shows that you're serious about the job. I think when you're graduating, you wanna get an interview, so you send that one portfolio to every company and they just kind of like skim over it or it goes to like HR, or it goes to, I don't know, someone that's not really gonna look at it properly and really see it for what it is. So for me, like I, like I said, I would just try and bring an additional body of work there. And honestly, every time I had the interview and it got to that moment, I remember there was one art director in particular, um, like huge, like AAA company that was like 95 Metacritic games, and it's the art director from this. And I go into the interview and I remember I just sat down and he was like, uh, he didn't even really say it, he just sat at the end of this table and really intimidating and he was just like, speak and I was like about what do you want me to talk about my my university the projects I just did and he just kind of just nodded and I was like oh crap okay mm -hmm. and I just did my did my thing 
scrub through my portfolio. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, by the way, I have this other piece. And he kind of just, as soon as I showed it, he was just like, he got up and he's like looking at the screen and he's like more engaged in it. And I was like, it was a completely different side to the guy that I wouldn't have had if I just kept it the way it was. Because at the time, I was never good at like explaining my work, explaining why I did stuff a certain way. And the moment I then showed the work, he was kind of like, wow, okay, I'll listen. Um, that was at Rocksteady, so it was the art director of Batman. And I was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just one of those things of like, showing that you're just being proactive, getting somehow, I, I think I emailed a friend of a friend and I said I was interested and they just happened to be looking and then I didn't take the job at the time, I ended up moving, but uh, just those experiences. I also never turned down uh, interviews for companies that I thought were I wasn't interested in the games. I remember I went to one company in the UK and in my head I was like, I don't even play their games, I don't enjoy it. But the workplace and the people were just like amazing, like super nice. And I would never have thought about it. Uh, so it's just one of those things of just like, if someone gives that kind of opportunity to just go for it and just see what they have to say. Um, so when you were um, reaching out to all these companies, when you kind of knew what you wanted to do in your mm -hmm. portfolios, were you quite specific and stubborn and the jobs you knew you really wanted, or were you going for jobs that you were also like, eh, that's not really the direction I want to go in, but it's at least in the creative industries? Was that mm -hmm. something you did? Yeah, okay, so if I think about the kind of, yeah, the, there's, there's a lot of like great websites you can go on. One I'd recommend if you're interested in video games is Orca, like the whale, hq.com. It's got like, I think it just gets loaded into the feed and there's so many jobs, so you can choose it by title. I was very focused in terms of what I wanted to do um, I had companies more like get in touch and be like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And they might be an amazing company, but I was like, that's not where I want to take my career. So there is that area of being like selective, and it is definitely, I'd say like a privilege to have to be selective about it. Um, at the, when I was at university, I would literally just apply for everything, uh, just for fun, uh, just to see. And sometimes they would just get in touch, even if it was like 3D, and I was like, I suck at 3D, but I'd be willing to learn about it and do stuff. I did a lot for like web design things, but as I kind of gained a bit more experience, <coughs> I was able to then be a bit more selective in terms of what I wanted to go for. But yeah, at the time, I would just do everything. I think at one time I, had, I was at university, I had an offer to work on an animation, and I was like, I don't really do animation. And it was like doing in-between parts, but it was like a big film, and I turned it down, but I don't know. Like I said, as opportunities come up, you should just do them for a laugh. I guess, um, what's a good website? I'm not an artist, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really aware, but what's a good website for showcasing your work if you're looking for feedback? So I guess it depends on the area of art you do. Mm -hmm. For me, like the best thing has been Twitter. Like, um, and I didn't care about it like a year ago. I had like 100 followers or something. They're mostly just people who probably added me from emails or something. But uh, using hashtags or like, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing for me in like the first slide I say like, surround yourself with talented people. Uh, the amount of artists that follow me and I see their work and it's like incredible, like stuff I could never do like illustration wise. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll see my stuff and the great thing about Twitter is the ability to just like retweet your own mm -hmm. stuff or share the stuff that you're inspired by. One thing that I did, so like, I say like put your work out there 
with my photography, I would just start tagging musicians. I would use mm -hmm. song names as the title for the piece, just for fun, mm -hmm. or just because it was what I was listening to. And then I get like the musicians or whatever, and sometimes like film directors, just based off a photo that I happen to post. Mm -hmm. And so it's just that ability to just network on those kind of sites where mm -hmm. I think a lot of people go on like ArtStation, or they go on DeviantArt, or they go on, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe some kind of forum or like a Facebook group where they mm -hmm. share their work, but at the end of the day, it's more just like how much you also put into engagement or replying to people or mm -hmm. like looking at people's stuff. I just wanted to ask, um, mm -hmm. do you find other like social media like LinkedIn, et cetera, as, as like a useful tool in, in the creative industry? Uh, absolutely. Um, it's a weird thing thinking back because I remember uh, I was at Abertay, I was in my final year, and someone was like, hey, there's this website called LinkedIn. I was like, oh, okay, I'll sign up. And then I signed up, except I used it as a, you know, it's your CV at the end of the day. The great thing about it is you can update it. When you're a student, you'll get rejections, you'll get people not even replying, they won't give you feedback. Um, you'll get the default say you're not being successful in this application. Great thing about LinkedIn is that you can, one thing I would do is just reply and be like, by the way, I've updated all of my stuff, new portfolio, would you be willing to take a look at it? Um, you do things like that. Uh, other things, because like I said, I think on my LinkedIn, I think I've got like 5,000 people or something, which is like ridiculous, but just over the years, I go to events or at university, you have all the people from uni, then you go to a first workplace, they add all of them, then you get people like add you that way. Um, so for me, like, like using networks, social networks is just great in terms of being able to reach out to people. LinkedIn especially is how I got a lot of opportunities for interviews because I was able to go, okay, let's say I want to work at this company, I'll type the company name in, maybe artist, see who comes up, send them a message for that, hey, I'm Liam, can you look at my stuff, love your work, send, next person, like anyone that could like help me somehow. So LinkedIn was honestly where I got any of the interviews I have. Um, and a lot of people don't think about it because most students are gonna, you know, I, I see the different LinkedIn addresses and stuff and they're kinda, you know, they don't have much to put on it. But it, you know, as you start, it's one of those things when you go to update your LinkedIn, you're like, wow, I can put this now. Or like, oh, I made this piece of art that got shown at my college or something, I'm gonna add that to my achievement. And suddenly you can expand on it and it's just a, a nice thing to kind of keep track of. But yeah, I use, I use it a lot, I guess. All right, I think that wraps this up. I would just like to say that, um, just a couple of things, I guess. Um, first of all, remember that there is uh, the closing drinks um, upstairs on the fifth floor from 6 p.m. Also, that you can join BAFTA as a career starter or a student member, um, and that's a great way of getting involved with events throughout the year as well. Um, so if you are looking for more information, feel free to go to the registration desk or go on the BAFTA website. Um, and we might see some of you at the Game Design Workshop, which is starting at 4 o'clock. Otherwise, thank you, Liam, for your cool. time. Thank you so much. Thanks.